Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of The Trevor Olson Show, episode number 80 on Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. I am your semi-frustrated host for the day, the afternoon, the evening, Trevor Olson. I just spent the last hour um, adjusting camera settings, figuring things out on like two on two episodes ago. I filmed on my phone and it looked like dog shit. Oh my god, I got that. Speaking of settings, there we go. Um, I know it, it looked fine, but it uh, as always, my phone was filled and it just you guys know what happens. And then um, last on Patreon on Saturday, I filmed, but the lighting was was wretched. And so I just looked up, uh, I just watched like four tutorial videos and did some adjusting. And it's, uh, hopefully I'm looking at a screen above, hopefully it, it's it's uh, better than it was, uh, you know, on Saturday. So anyway, um, I was like adjusting like this for like an hour and my, literally my shoulders are burning. My shoulders are on, are on fire. Um, <laughs> so, but anyway. Uh, it's going to stop filming after 20 minutes. I've yet to figure out how to fix that. I thought I changed it to 30 minutes, but anyway, I don't want to talk about it. It just fucking irritates me. <laughs> but anyway, how's everybody doing? Have you? Did you go out and shoot Bambi? Did you? I went out and shot the father, just like the uh, just like in the show. I haven't seen Bambi forever. I don't know if I've ever even watched it from start to finish. You know, as a child, I didn't really get introduced to children's stories and I think that's because I was the third child and my parents were pretty much over the whole thing so you know the girls they got the they got the books and the stories and then they didn't they weren't allowed to get you know a tv or anything or anything fun until they were older probably like seven you know 16 or something like that but i remember i got a tv in my bedroom at i don't know if i was like 14 or something like that the girls were just fucking pissed <laughs> by girls i mean my sisters um they were just pissed at the fact that oh i had to wait till i was 26 to get a t no i had to wait till i was you know 17 to get something and i got it at like 13 or 14 but there was a cost you know i don't know what cinderella is all about i haven't watched the ones with the dwarfs is that cinderella i don't even know i know there's um what else what ones are there i recently watched pinocchio as a 26 year old adult uh and that's because i i watched jordan peterson's lectures on it um other ones i can't even think of other ones. Uh, the little mermaid i did see that one that's one of them right what is there there's cinderella snow white i couldn't tell you the difference you know I'd, I'd have to i'd have to go back and watch uh peter pan i don't think i've ever seen that start to finish uh what's really cool about those shows though having watched some of them now as an adult is the and i wouldn't know this if it wasn't for the lectures that from jordan peterson but just the uh, symbolic significance of them and how, but even just on, on a more simplistic level, how, you know, the, these, these movies were made in the, 
I don't know, 20s, 30s, 40s, whenever they were made. And they're still so captivating and interesting today. And they drew them by hand. Like, it's unbelievable that they were able to do that by hand. Just imagine some some guy sitting at the desk, disappointed in his marriage, fucking drawn up princesses all day. He's like, God damn it, how did I end up here? At night, he's just sneaking off, meeting some hooker named Jill. Then he draws her, and that's how Snow White comes about. That's what Snow White looks like, this desperate old man's hooker. He, uh, you know, gets an STD from her. I don't know. Does Snow White have STDs? I don't think she does. Is she the one with the glass slipper? She's walking around. What a... That is not functional. What is... what? There's no... That is not a pragmatic type slipper. Walking around on glass. What if you gotta run? What if you're gonna be attacked? Or what if you wanna be the attacker? What if you're... What if you're some crazy bitch who... Yeah, who just... Hates men. Had a bad breakup when you were younger. Haven't gotten over it. Now you just conceptualize all men as... Shitty people. How are you supposed to chase after him wearing a glass slipper? And what woman wants a glass slipper? Glass? You'd think you would want something... Like, if anything, you know, I think of a, a sort of archetypal slipper. I think of the one from uh, The Wizard of Oz. You know, the shiny r ruby red ones? At least those are, you know, kind of going to catch your eyes and not going to... I don't know, make you get a tetanus shot. I don't know. It's just, it doesn't seem uh, practical. Even heels in general. You know, any type of shoe that doesn't allow you to run uh, away <laughs> isn't very practical. Apparently it's for, you know, it makes the legs look better, it juts your ass out. Makes everything look a little better. Women are, you, you're very sneaky at, at, at really, women are really good at, sneaky's not the right word, bunch of fucking sneaks. Um, women are great at playing off their strengths, you know, make a little red lipstick, make the lips look a little more voluptuous, wear some heels, makes your ass shut out a little more. What do men do? Well, most men don't do shit. And the, um, but if you want to stand out as a guy, just don't wear, just don't wear camouflage. Um, <laughs> I remember I, I bought this and after I got back from Sweden, I kind of went through this weird style change when I, when I got back from Sweden. I don't know. I just felt kind of like a different person. I felt a little more loose. So I bought a little more some looser fitting clothes. I like tight clothes though. Not tight, but snug in the right places, I suppose you might you might say. Um But I remember I showed up, I was wearing this, and my dad was like, Oh my dad was like, You're wearing camouflage. Cause I've I've always kind of joked about that's just what people wear in the upper peninsula is camouflage. And uh so I, I had made a refusal to 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 wear camouflage essentially. And, um, but I bought this and, I, and he's like, you're wearing camo. And I was like, yeah, but it's for style, not for hunting. Speaking of hunting. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't even 
I shouldn't do that. I have a tendency to, when people go right, I go left. I have a tendency to do that. And maybe I just think I do that. But like I stopped drinking when everyone started drinking more in COVID. I never wear camo except now I am. So I'm a hypocrite. Um, speaking of hunting though, I, I went hunting and murdered, murdered an animal. Quickly, quickly murdered. Murder's not the right word. But I had a successful hunt uh, two days ago. I went out. It's almost, it, you know, I'm realizing how, how lazy of a hunt though it is. Like I go sit in a pop-up. I just sit. There's a heater in there I bring. <laughs> um, I got snacks. It's kind of kick it. I've got a rifle. It's like, and then a deer just has to walk in and it's game over if, if I so choose. It's a really lazy form of hunting, I'm realizing. it. I, I think it's more just, it's not even hunting, it's more just, just shooting. Because when I, when I think of hunting, I think of someone out you know tracking an animal and cutting paths through the woods and and you know this long arduous physically demanding task um and it's not that at all you know i was eating some granola bars with dark chocolate and peanut butter uh my cousin was with me we were laughing just hanging out shooting the shit we're two hours in we weren't even quiet anymore we just started laughing <laughs> But that's, and then like a few minutes later, that's when my buck walked in. Um, so I shot, I shot a buck, shot a buck. It was a nice little six pointer. I think maybe technically it's five. I mean, it's a six for sure, but one of the antlers is, there's a piece that's broken off. You can see there's, there's a little bit missing. So I don't know if it's technically the wrong, if it's not long enough to count it as a six, but it's, it is a six that but one of the antlers got got you know chopped off i don't know i don't know what happened maybe he got in a tussle with his uncle ed trying to fuck some chick it's crazy how the deer the the male deer becomes so obsessed with mating whereas with people you know guys are for the most part especially single men um who aren't having sex regularly they're like it's like they're in the rut 24-7. That's my experience. <laughs> you know, if you're having sex regularly, it's you don't think about it. And you're usually having sex regularly when you have a significant other. Or you're really whoring out. But when you when you know you can have sex consistently, you know, on, uh, you know with, with somebody regularly, preferably a partner, um, then you don't think about it. But if you don't really know the next time you're going to have it or, you know, you start to really overestimate its importance and you can really just become transfixed on it. So it's kind of like that, like for two weeks for the deer, you know, when the bucks are in the rut and they're just trying to bang all the ladies out there. They're just, they're so obsessed. They don't even hear me and my cousin laughing away. But anyway, so this deer, this buck walks in. We saw eight deer that morning. So it was a nice busy morning. And... um. Uh, first two were does and then four more or the first one was a doe and then a little tiny spike and then four more does six and then another doe and then that's when the six pointer walked in and he was about 100 paces to my left and um, my cousin was to my left so it's like the gun was just across my cousin's face <laughs> when I shot but um, long story short 
he came in, you know, I put the scope up on him. I could see that he was a decent, um, a decent buck. I knew that there was, there was a six pointer and eight pointer around. And so that's why I held off on that spike. But, uh, so once I got the scope up on him, I could see that he was a decent little six and, I was like, okay, you know, he's a decent buck. So my cousin plugged his ears. I put the scope up on him, and um, and one shot, uh, he was kind of at an angle, but I, I aimed for that front right shoulder, and uh, blasted right through. He dropped right away. He and then he he tried to get up, and he just kind of stumbled about ten feet, and then he he laid down, and he he died very quickly. So it was my best shot best shot yet you know it was um it was very quick for the animal which is what you want and uh it was great it really couldn't have gone any better and so shot him got him back dragged him back to the camp that's a that's a work i want to do a workout drag a dead deer uh you know whatever it was it wasn't even that far maybe a quarter mile but my god was it demanding um like dragging it like a hooker's body um I can't, I, you know, I haven't done that. I've just heard, I've heard things. Uh, so anyway, gutted it, got him hung up in a tree. And then yesterday, you know, I decided you, every year so that I've hunted so far that I shot it, I've shot it. I've, I've hunted for four years now. I've hunted deer for four years and I've been successful three out of the four, two does and then one buck. And but every year so far, I've butchered it myself with my cousin. And this year, I decided that I'm going to have somebody else do it. So I drove down to um, I was like Pelkins in Crivets, about an hour away from, from where I'm at. And um, they have, without exaggerating, a thousand dead deer uh, in their facility. He, The gentleman, he opened up the freezer. He's like, I got 200 in here. And there was indeed 200 dead deer. And he's like, I got 800 in there. And, um, it was crazy to see that amount, that, that amount of dead deer and they don't keep the heads. And so they're all just decapitated and, uh, it was pretty wild, pretty wild to see, you know, made me realize how strong of a hunting culture. Yeah. I've always known that the hunting culture here is strong, obviously, but, um, man, oh man, thousands and thousands and thousands of deer get killed, but that's the circle of the circle of life. Um, but I'm really happy with with um, with my hunt this year, as lazy as it was with my granola bars and heater. Um, happy that the deer died very quickly. Happy I got my first buck, nice little six. And uh, oh, yesterday, since they didn't keep the head, because I I figured that they would you know do the antlers as well and everything, and that's not the case. And so um, I watched a YouTube video and I I sawed the antlers off myself which is like you saw right into the deer's skull at you know straight down in front of the antlers and then at an angle behind them and then you just kind of smash the head against the ground and it pops loose but yeah pretty wild you see in the you see the deer deer's brain and everything it was just it was a first for me so it's a pretty hunting for me is, a, is it's always a humbling reminder of the brutality maybe well it's brutal but it is because you're killing an animal, but but you are killing it, hopefully as efficiently and as quickly as possible. So in that sense, it's not it's death, but it's efficient death. But just you know when you 
you think we think of when we think of meat, we just think of packaged meat in a grocery store, and it's like we forget the whole entire process of that it takes for that meat to get there. It's like if it's a cow, it's like you got to slaughter the cow, gut it, and then have all that meat processed, and it's just even when you're when you're gutting a deer and you, it's you know you you cut not to not to get into too many details. But with a male, at least the way I was told to do it, it's like you cut around the dick first and then you cut around the asshole and then like you like basically pull it out, pull, pull things out and and then you start at the breastplate, slice all the way down to the to the end to the groin area, I suppose. And um, and then you, you reach in and cut all the membrane that's holding in all the internal organs flip it over, cut all the cut the membrane, all the organs fall out, and then you cut the throat out like it's brutal. <laughs> it's like you're just you're you're literally shoulder deep inside this deer and you're like, "Damn." You know, there's a it's it's not pretty by no means and I think it shocks a lot of people because they're not it's almost like they're they're detached from what it takes to get meat. If they especially if people maybe come from a more urban environment and have never hunted, you know, it's it's pretty shocking to to see for the first time. Even when you when you kill an animal for the first time, it's a shock. You know, if you're not a, if you're not a psycho, you know, because you recognize that you're killing the animal. Even you know, the first time I killed a bird, um, I remember killing chipmunks and I cried. But I killed those for fun with my friend, and I just didn't feel good. Um, this is when I was really little, and I never did it since. I killed like two two or three chipmunks, and I felt so bad. And, uh, cause I, it's not right to just kill to kill, you know, that's not right. But, uh, to kill to eat, that's a different thing. And so to kill a partridge, you know, or a, gr a roughed grouse, whatever you want to call it, it, uh, you know, you, you recognize it's like you got the aim up and you're aiming at the head and you realize that at the pull of your, at your demand, you, you know, if you have got, got a good shot, you're going to end this animal's life and, of course you have that thought, but when you do it, I think it's so valuable because you, you recognize even the value of your own life or the value of life in general, and you feel so grateful for that life that you took and that you can enjoy the food and that you've acquired because of it. And so, and, and to have a good meal with your family from an animal that you killed, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a special thing. It's cause it's, you, you're much more connected to the animal. You're much more aware of, you're completely aware of what it took to get it. A heater and a granola bar. Um, you know, it's a, you know, as far as, like I said, you know, the gutting process, you know, it's a very intimate, you have a very intimate relationship with the animal from the time you kill it to the time you eat it. And it's, it's much more valuable than just buying something off the, um, off the grocery store. You know, you don't really, you value it, but you value it in a different way. It doesn't mean as much to you. It, it may be delicious and it may be a good meal, but you don't you don't know what it took. You don't know what that animal went through. You didn't watch it die. Like, sorry for people who are don't like to hear this conversation, but um, which is it, it's it's very it's very much valuable. The recording is going to stop here. I'm going to restart it here because we're we're going to be 20 minutes in, um, and I've yet to figure out how to fix that. So I'm waiting for it. Let's see. Let's see if it shuts off here. I might be wrong. Uh, 
That's fine. I've been recording now for 20. Uh, yep, there it goes. I knew it. All right, we'll get you back up here. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. I've just yet to figure this out. There you go. You're back. You're back. Don't worry. Um. So, I found out that the reason they do that is it's a tax purpose. Like, there's a difference between a camera and a video camera, and the difference is the time limit. And the Nikon D3200 has a 20-minute time limit, time, li time limit for filming, which is ridiculous, because that's so short. Um, but which means I should probably invest in a different camera if I really, if I'm really serious. But anyhow, um, it was a successful hunt, and um, I'm excited to get the meat back. And um, yeah, it was good. Um, what else is going on? What else have I been up to? What else have you been up to? Did you grow up with Cinderella? Did Cinderella shoot a deer? Did she do that? Imagine if... Um, you, yeah, you wouldn't really be able to do that now. Um, you know, if Cinderella was... The story was took place where she's, you know, trapped in the forest. And the only way to escape is she has to shoot a deer gut it you know just to survive it'd be probably too traumatizing for a lot of people <laughs> even my sister she's cracking me up um she doesn't want the kids watching shows where there's like fake violence and and they say shut up <laughs> like which is what we grew up watching you know like she was talking about powerpuff girls remember that one um bunch of I, I, I didn't that was the show that my sisters liked but I watched more um I liked Dexter's Laboratory little little scientist fella running around causing chaos I loved and it also kind of freaked me out when I was little Courage the Cowardly Dog that's a good one and now people are kind of saying like those are like too intense for kids it's like oh god we're raising a bunch of bunch of softies and there, there's something to be said about protecting your children but you know, you gotta, uh, I've realized in the last few years how incredibly sheltered of, um, of an upbringing I had. And I'm not complaining, I'm just recognizing that, and it, there's nothing wrong per se, it's just, especially, you know, when, when you, when you go out and see the world. But, you know, I was definitely pretty sheltered from a lot of things growing up in the Upper Peninsula, because um, it's a, it's a nice safe area. But you become, like, I've said this before, you're sheltered, if, it doesn't matter where you're born, if you never leave, you know, you're sheltered to some degree. I suppose it, we'd have to define what we're talking about when we say sheltered. But, um, just, I kind of realized, I think that I was, you know, pretty sheltered, you know, even, even into my, like, early, early 20s, you know, maybe when I was, like, 21-ish, um, but, you know, just with time and experience in life, if you, especially if you go, you're going out and exploring, you become less naive, less sheltered. And so I understand the argument of, of wanting to, you know, pr pr you know, it's instinctual to want to protect your kids from things. But also it's, I think it's like those kids, that's life. And so, but this is coming from a guy who's not a parent, just as someone who's an outside observer where... 
you go, well, yes, you want to sh- you want to keep your kids safe, of course, but you also want them to, to venture out into the world. So I don't know. It's finding that balance. What the fuck do I know? I'm single. I don't have a child. Don't listen to me. Why? Yeah, let me give you some parental advice, parents. <laughs> listen to the 26-year-old single person with no children. I really want kids someday, though. I've always wanted to be married and have kids, and that's probably because probably because, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to grow up and see my mom and dad together and, you know, with my siblings as well. All of us, thank God, all of us still being very close. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, so I want that. I definitely want a family. I want a wife and kids. It's definitely something I want more than I want, you know, to be pr- uh, promiscuous, because we've all done that, and um, I don't know. It gets it gets. It's a really sort of Playboy esque, you know. Um, it's it's like a seventeen year old's fantasy. You know, you think you want to just fuck all the girls all the time forever. And then you kind of start walking down that path, and it and you realize that it's pretty, it can be, and I, th- I think for most people it's you know it's a hollow it it's a hollow pursuit, and I think a lot of people pretend, or lie to themselves that they can have sex with a lot of different people and it doesn't affect them, but I think that's bullshit. If I had to guess, just from my own experience and from you know, it's just, it's too much of an emotional experience. It's too deeply ingrained in our, in us. You know, it's, it is, it, I just don't think you can get away with it, so to speak. And I don't mean that in a negative way, like you're getting away with, with it. But I just, I think it, if anything, what I think right now is, I think it's just too emotionally bonding. And even if you start to have a, say, a sexual relationship with somebody, and you don't want anything more than that, I think one person or another, I mean, name one scenario where that ended well, you know, where it ended without someone's feelings getting hurt, where it ended with, um, you know, maintaining a friendship, I don't know, it just, it, those really, I think those are just kind of fantasies, and we try to make them work, but I just don't think they ever do, um, and so it's definitely become clear to me that as tempting as it is to want to walk down that path, it's ultimately you'll, I'm, I'm assuming not, maybe, maybe that's not right. Not the right word. I, I'm, I'm, what's, what's the word? Um, I, I'll say some. I'll assuming. I'm assuming that it's more wise to walk down a different path that leads to some sort of monogam- monogamous relationship that you build long term. You know, I'll use a standard, you know, man, hus- uh, husband, wife, kids, you know, family. I think that's pretty, pretty standard and of much more value and utility than just having promiscuous relationships with multiple people that don't give you any other value apart from um, hedonic momentary sexual gratification. There we go. I think that was 
decently articulated. Um, yeah, yeah. So I definitely want a family, you know. But as a, and as a, I've, I've talked about this before, but I've, I've definitely in the past, I've, I've looked at my romantic life through the lens of my parents meaning you know i've almost felt weird about myself i'm talking a lot about myself but um it's my fucking podcast i'll talk about whatever i want uh, i used to kind of view myself through the lens of my parents relationship so like they got married in their early 20s and so i'm 26 and, you know i should be married by now i should have kids i should have this i should have that and it's like we're on different journeys different times different lives different priorities and responsibilities you know just not comparing yourself to anybody you know your siblings your parents your your anybody we're just all on separate paths there's too many different variables going on we're all too different we truly are on an individual's journey um, and we're and we're on an individual's journey collectively with with each other, if that makes if that's a paradox, I don't know, but um, yeah, a family that'd be that'd be good some good someday. Um, well, I suppose, folks, we're already thirty minutes in. These always go by so fast. Um, if you enjoy the show, thanks so much. Um, for always coming by on Wednesdays. Uh, if you want to sign up and support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash Trevor Olson. And um, I do a podcast there every Saturday as well. You can also Skype with me and get a t-shirt and all sorts of other shit if you're interested in that kind of stuff. Um, be sure to subscribe. Be sure to, you know, give the old thumbs up. Thumbs up. That was a thumb going up an ass uh, reference. Thumbs up on the video. <laughs> and um, I suppose that's it for this episode. So... I will see all of you guys on Saturday on Patreon, and um, if not then, then I'll see you next week on Wednesday. Have a great week. Stay stay safe. Don't do anything too dangerous. Get out there and live your fucking lives, and uh, I'll see all of you guys Saturday, Wednesday, whenever.